In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let's uh, remember where we are, where do we stand, and uh, what's the big picture. So, that was a couple of weeks off, so I'm sure you guys still remember everything. Right. Chapter 1, we saw the first vision on earth, where you know the Lord appeared to St. John, and St. John described to us the circumstances of the whole visions of the book and so on. Uh, chapters 2 and 3. We went through the seven churches and the story of the seven churches and so on. Uh, chapter 4, it was the second vision in heaven, where St. John was taken up to heaven to see the vision there and see the throne of the Lord and all these wonderful things that he told us about and the four heavenly creatures and the 24 priests and the, you know, and the numbers that no one can count in heaven worshipping God. Chapter 5 introduced to us the sealed book. Chapter 6 uh, started talking about the seven seals. Seven, chapter 7, 144,000 who were sealed and describes 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, tribe of Sion, from this, you know, from each tribe and so on. And we explain the meaning of all these tribes and uh, descriptions of these various numbers. I've said that this is a symbolic number, this is not an actual number. After the the seals, first we had the seven churches, seven seals, and then the you know after that came the seven trumpets in chapters eight and nine. And after the seven trumpets, the seven th- thunders that the Lord did not declare to us what these seven thunders are. And then Saint John also ate the little book that was tasted uh, as sweet as honey in his mouth, and but when he swallowed that, it was bitter. After that came the two witnesses in chapter 11. Uh, and we said that these might be, might be, Elijah and Enoch, uh, as most of the fathers uh, agree to describe them. Then it was the woman uh, who was about to give birth to her son, and then the dragon, the great dragon who wanted to swallow the son, but then the earth helped the son, and then the woman went to the wilderness and disappeared there and said that this is the church, description of the church of the Old Testament and New Testament and giving birth to the Lord Jesus Christ and the saints and the moon under the feet of the woman and so on. And this chapter 12 and chapter 17, hopefully God willing will cover that today, talks about two women, two women. Chapter 12, the church, chapter 17, the woman which is Babylon and the wife of the devil, basically. So the first dragon we saw was the second half of chapter 12, and then two other monsters, or dragons, the dragon of the sea and dragon of the earth, were in chapter 13, and we said the dragon of the sea is the Antichrist, and the dragon of the earth is like the false prophet who's going to come and preach for the Antichrist. Chapters 14 and 15 Again, after these horrible things and scary things that we saw, the Lord comforts us. And He shows us Himself as the Lamb among His church and supporting His people. And after that comes part of chapter 15 and chapter 16, talks about the vials or the bowls and the wrath of God that's going to be thrown on people. And that's what we're going to be covering, God's willing, today in chapter 16. And then chapters 17 and 18, I'm going to talk about the judgment of Babylon and the destruction of Babylon, which is basically the end of the word. Uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb comes in chapter 19, tying the devil for a thousand years, and the final judgment again, repeat that in chapter 20, and then the heavenly Jerusalem, which are the two most comforting uh, chapters in the whole Bible that talks about the second, you know, how heaven is going to look like, and so on. We notice that, as we said before, these events can be looked at either cover the same period throughout history, or can be cover the whole period, and then, you know, the more, the second group of events are more concentrated toward the end days, more concentrated toward the end days, but a lot of the fathers like to think of this as 
repeating the same story or repeating, for example, starting from the beginning of the word until the end of the word, or taking, you know, from example, the time of the Antichrist starts until the end, or time of the last few days of the Antichrist until the end, but every time it ends in the end. And we see that the end mentioned multiple times for the last trumpet, last, you know, vial, last any of these things, always that this is the end. And then starts telling the story again, focusing on one aspect of what's going to happen at the end. That's quickly the seals, what were the seals? Went through that quickly. The first seal was Christ protecting the church. The three seals afterwards were the three horsemen, the you know the black horsemen and the red horsemen and the pale horsemen attacking the church. The fifth seal, fifth seal was the church under the altar. Uh, this is like the paradise when the saints are waiting. Sixth seal is the tribulation at the end of the the times and the antichrist. Seventh seal is the final punishment. So that's one story of the end of the world. I said that the seals happen at different times. They all, you know, it's not just one period and ends. It can be that way or it can be that it peaks at certain times and then goes down. Peaks and goes down and, you know, other horsemen, you know, um, shows up. But they all still exist because the devil persecutes the church continuously and does not stop. So the trumpets, uh, hail and fire, great mountain falls on in the sea, great star falls on, on the rivers, third of the sun was stricken, and then the three woes. And I'd like you to remember this, these trumpets because when we talk about the vial, we're basically going to repeat the same sequence again. So it's, you know, it's important, that's why I'm going through this sort of refresher, because we're going to go back and see that we're almost describing the same thing, but in different ways. And maybe it's completely different and has nothing to do with these events. But they also, there's a, the same gradual increase of events and, you know, uh, first the earth and then the sea, then the river, then the sun, then the, you know, the air and the devil and so on. Alright, and then we're going to see comforting visions and so on. So let's go and start reading the chapter 16. And hopefully today the plan is to finish chapter 16 and 17, God's willing. Because we want to get done and then take a break and come back and eh, do, inshallah, as a lot of people are asking, Exodus. Beginning of uh, September. We'll see. Alright. You wanna? When I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the vials of the anger of God on the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial on the earth. And a bad and, and grievous sore fell on the men who had the mark of the beast and on those who worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his, his vial on the sea, and it came like the blood of the dead one, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial on the rivers and the fountains of the waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Righteous is the Lord, who is and was and who will be, because he have judged these things. Since they have poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you gave them blood to drink, for they were deserving. And I heard another out of the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous, are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial into the sun, and it was given to him to burn men with fire. And men were burned with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God. He having authority over those plagues, and they did not repent in the order to give him, to give him glory. And the fifth angel pulled out his vial on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom became darkened. And they gnawed their tongues from the pain, 
and they blasphemed the, the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial on the great river Euphorus, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the rising of the sun might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs came out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of, of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they are spirits of demons, working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world, to gather them to battle of, the, of that day, the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I am pouring as a thief, I'm, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is the one who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them into the place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and a great voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It's done. And voices and thunders and lightnings occurred. And there was a great earthquake, such, such as has not been since, such as has not, been, has not since been since men were on the earth, so mighty and so great an earthquake. And the great city came to be into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give to her the cup of the wine of the anger of his wrath. And every island fled away, and mountains were not found. And a great hail, as the size of a talent, came down out of the heaven on men, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague of it was exceedingly great. Glory be to God forever and ever. Right. So, this is a picture of the veils as... I tried to look at it, you know, you try to look at that and the, there are multiple ways to describe it. Some people describe it as flat uh, bowls with a tip, as you can see there's a tip here to pour stuff from. That's what the vials are, is that's some description. Just basically containers that has liquid and it's poured uh, you, you know, useful pouring the liquid. Okay. So we can all imagine what these angels are doing. Right. So, again, we are at the end, close to the end. There are several ways that the fathers look at these vials or these punishments that the Lord is going to uh, send to the earth. The same way that the Lord sent punishment, plagues during Moses' time on the Egyptians and Pharaoh to free God's people, it's the same way that the Lord is going to send plagues at the end of the world on the Antichrist so people may repent. If we go back to the book of Exodus, chapter 7, quickly here, right. and read in uh, Exodus 7, 1 to 5, and Jehovah said to Moses, see, I have made you a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall speak to Pharaoh. He will send the sons of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring my armies my people, the sons of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. And now this is the key thing. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah, that when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from among them. The main purpose that God allowed these plagues to come on the Egyptians and the hardening of Pharaoh's hand was that the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. That's the main purpose. And that's the same purpose that God is going to allow all these tribulations to happen at the end of the world so that people may know 
that this is God. But as we're going to see, unfortunately, instead of them knowing that this is God, they're going to blaspheme against the name of the Lord, and then they're going to blaspheme against God Himself, as we're going to see when we go through each one of these verses in details. So the main purpose that God allows for these tribulations to happen is for repentance and for people to see who God is. So maybe it's the same problem that's happening to the church today. Is we have trouble, we have persecution, we have, we have, we have, we have national disasters, you know, nuclear, you know, uh, nuclear wars. Maybe it was Iran and all these things, and everybody's scared. But God is sending all that and saying all this is maybe, maybe we would repent. When Daniel was in uh, in captivity and he saw that the 70 years have passed. He stood up and prayed and asked God for forgiveness of his sins. Though Daniel, when you read his story, was almost a perfect man. And later on in Jeremiah, God says, you know, if, they, if there were three people in the city that was going to be destroyed and asked for, uh, you know, they can only save themselves. These people are Noah, um, Daniel, and I forgot who was the third. We just had that on, on Friday. Noah, Job, and Daniel. These three would only save themselves with their righteousness. So Daniel was one of the top three that got considered as an example. And he had, you know, no sins that were mentioned in the, in the Bible. There's only one of very few people that God did not expose their weakness. Because he was such a great man. And when he stood in front of God to pray, he prayed for his own sin. Not for the sin of his people. Say, God, forgive them because they have sinned and, you know, let them go out because... No, he said, my sin and the sin of my people. But he started with his sin first. So maybe we should be doing that right now. Maybe the Lord will lift up some of these tribulations and hardship from us. So there are similarities between these vials and the trumpets. Uh, as we saw the trumpets, when we went through the trumpets before, uh, in chapters uh, the trumpets were uh, which chapter? Mm. Yeah, chapter eight and nine. When we went through the trumpets, we saw that the trumpets, each one would bring disaster or destruction of one-third of the world. Not the whole world, but only one-third. Um, the also, you know, only started affecting people when we looked at the trumpets. Let's go back and look at the slide that covers that. So the hail and fire, the great mountain falls in the sea, kills the third of the you know, the great star falls on the river, third of the sun was stricken. All this were natural events that you know affected third of the people. But when it started affecting you know hurting people themselves was, was in the three woes at the end, which were the you know the last three trumpets. But from the vials, from first one, start hitting people directly, and it hits all the people on the earth, not one third, but everyone on earth. So the similarity between also these vials and the plagues that affected the Egyptians uh, and between these and the trumpets. So the fathers look at these in multiple ways. The first why is going to be literal and happen exactly as is during the time of the Antichrist. Really, people are going to have, you know, thought, you know, uh, diseases and, you know, get sick and look bad and feel bad and you know the blood is going to be in the rivers and so on this is going to happen literally this can be one way second way can be happen spiritual and we're going to discuss that and third way it can be symbolic and happen throughout the history of the church and we're going to see at the end how is that summarized as one group of events that happen first verse and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels go and pour out the vials of the anger of God on the earth. Great voice, because that's commandment from God, coming in with determination, this is going to happen, it's going to happen. No 
arguments about it. And the first went and poured out his vial on the earth. And a bad and grievous sore fell on the men who had the mark of the beast and on those who worshipped his image. So, some people think that this is not going to affect the believers. This is probably true. When uh, the plagues were happening in Egypt, a lot of the plagues did not affect the Israelites, God's people, but only affected the Egyptians. This can also happen in the same, you know, same thing. Only those who follow the Antichrist can be the ones be affected. As we said, the main purpose is God is telling them repent. And we're going to see that a lot of these vials, especially in verse 1, say the vials of the anger of God on the earth. The earth represents our body. If you remember the parable of the sower, he went and threw the, the seeds uh, on different type of soils and the soils were as the Lord himself described each, each one of us different phases or different types of people so that's why also the fathers say here that this is going to happen on the bodies this affects the bodies not the spirits so the first one disease grievous sore fell on men that only carried the mark of the beast and the second one uh, was on the sea and it became like the blood of a dead one, and every living soul died in the sea. Could this vial be the same as the second trumpet? Maybe. We don't know. Could it be different? Maybe. We don't know. But there are similarities, right? Could it be describing the same thing in different terms? Again, hopefully... We'll who not going to be there to find out. But again, even if we're there to find out, as you can see here, this is going to happen to those who carry the mark of the beast. So at the beginning, it may happen that when the, you know, the Antichrist come and people follow him, everybody's going to think that this is the way and those who don't follow him are going to feel left out. Remember in the Psalms, Asaph says, you know, why are those who commit sin are so nice and, you know, chubby and, you know, even the necks are so small because, you know, they're so fat from top and bottom, the necks disappears. Uh, it looks like at the beginning is wonderful, but at the end, and he said, when I saw the end, you know, I knew that God was just. So we're not, we should not. You know, when we see those people enjoying life and, you know, having fun and doing all sort of stuff, we shouldn't think that this is the end of the world. Or that's the way to follow people, basically. Right? And the second angel poured his vial on the sea, and it became like the blood of a dead one, and every living soul died in the sea. Uh, that can also be that the, uh, we said that the sea is the word, and the people who live in the world... It's not going to be fulfilling to anybody And whoever lives in the sea And tries to enjoy the sea Is going to be to them A source of grievance And not a source of pleasure The third angel poured out his vial On the rivers and the fountains of waters And they became blood Can somebody try to explain that to me Since we've been covering this The same symbols before What are the rivers and the fountains of uh, water represent? spiritual teaching so most likely there will be heresies at the end of the world that these people are going to be they're going to have uh, a lot of deformation to the teaching of the church and teaching of God that those who follow them will basically as if they're drinking blood and not drinking uh, refreshing water verses 5 and 6 and I heard the angel of the waters Say, righteous is the Lord who is and was and who will be because you have judged these things. Angel of the waters. That, you know, brought the fathers to think that maybe, like we all have a guardian angels, maybe also nature have a guardian angel. So the devil won't go and destroy and does whatever it wants with nature. So maybe... God has an angel for the waters, an angel for the plants, an angel for the seas, and, and so on. And we saw before that the, the four, there were four angels holding the winds 
so that won't blow on the world. Maybe they were, you know, symbolic, or maybe they were. There are there are really angels who do that. We know that if we go back to Daniel chapter nine. So Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. The story there is that Daniel had a vision, and three weeks later, Gabriel, Archangel Gabriel appeared to him and told him, the king of Persia was delaying me for those three weeks, that God has accepted your prayers and sent me from the first day you prayed to come and give you an interpretation of your dream. But they, you know, basically the devil who's responsible for Persia delayed me for three weeks until Archangel Michael came and helped me to defeat the devil to let me come and you know uh, give you my the interpretation of God allowed for you so there are devils responsible for certain areas and certain regions so maybe that's an explanation of this particular part of the verse but let's look at how the heavenly look at God's righteousness and God's commandments despite the suffering that's going to be on earth. And let's look at how the people are going to look at these tribulations and these hardships. When God allows these things to happen, the heavenly see that and they say, righteous is the Lord. When the people of the earth see this, they're going to blaspheme against the name of God, as we're going to see in the, the next vial. And then later on, they're going to blaspheme against God himself. In verse 11, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores. And in verse 9, and they blasphemed the name of God, he having the authority over these plagues. The main purpose behind the plagues, as we saw earlier, is for these people to repent. And we're going to see that God keeps repeating that. That for these people to repent. Like for example, again in verse 11, and they did not repent of their you know, deeds. It's repeated multiple times about repenting over their deeds. But people don't see that. When people are stricken by a disaster or by something, they look at God as being unjust. Instead of sitting down and giving an account to themselves, why is God allowing this? If God is in full control, a God is a powerful, mighty God, why is He allowing this to happen right now? What am I supposed to learn from the events that are going through my life at this particular stage? Is there a sin that God is trying to clean in my heart? Is He trying to wake me up for something? Or is He trying to teach me a new skill? Bring me up a higher level? Why is God allowing this to happen? Instead of just being angry and challenge God. And we hear, unfortunately, in our funerals, we hear a lot of, you know, harsh words being said against God. We're one of the, you know, we look at other people's funerals, very respectful, very dignifying. And you see our funerals, especially in Egypt, and they blame God of, you know, being, God forbids him doesn't know what he's doing, he took the wrong person at the wrong time, and you know, all sort of very harsh words said against God, that's what we as humans think, not as what the heavenlies see God doing. So the angel said that, the angel who poured, you know, angel of the waters who said that, that you know, sees the punishment of God happening, and also from heaven, he, you know, there's another reply saying, yes, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Maybe we should keep that verse into our, you know, our mind all the time, that God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Maybe, and you know, when we go through problems and say, hmm, why is God allowing this to happen to me today? Right? And learn something from it. And again, here's the reason for why God allowing the water to be blood, because they already poured the blood of the saints and the prophets and killed a lot of the believers. So in a, whether they kill them spiritually or physically, they're getting what they're deserving from these events. And the fourth angel poured out his vial unto the sun, 
and it was given to him to burn men with fire. Compare that to again. This is the third one was uh, rivers. The third trumpet was rivers. Fourth one is related to the sun. Fourth trumpet was related to the sun as well. The fourth angel poured his vial. Excuse me. Unto the sun, and it was given to him to burn men with fire. The sun, the true sun, is the Lord Jesus Christ. This sun can be, you know, again, the Antichrist who, be, you know, claimed to be, and the, you know, Christ or the knowledge of God, because we're going to see yet another strike against the the devil and. the source of uh, devil's power it can also be in reality physical and of course we've, we see the examples of that right now with the ozone layers and the holes in the ozone layers and everybody's complaining about that and everybody's scared of that and the global warming and all these things if, you know maybe these are signs don't forget when Noah was building his ark it took him 120 years God has been giving warning to people on earth during Noah time for a hundred, I'm sorry, a hundred years. A hundred years of warnings and people did not listen. Can the global warming be a sign of warning for us? Maybe. I don't know. Is it something that we should be worried about? Probably. But... uh, we're not going to say that these two verses do mean the ozone layer or whatever that again can be interpreted spiritually or physically. Maybe it's going to be something a lot worse later on. We don't know yet because the Antichrist is not here yet. But could these be signs that the Lord used from now, preparation for what's going to happen later in the future? Maybe. Now look at the response of people. And men were burned with great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God, he having authority over these plagues, and he, they did not repent in order to give him glory. The whole purpose by God allowing the plagues is described clearly here in verse 9 and you know later on in verse 11. They did not repent in order to give him glory. When I give God glory, I'll know who's in control. I'll start worshipping God I start realizing who is God and worshiping God properly. If I challenge God, if I take a different you know, approach, if I oppose God, it's a different story. Unfortunately, I'm going to be blaspheming and not following the right thing. If we compare verses 9 to 11, we see here, they, you know, first they're blaspheming against the name of God, and then in 11, they're going to blaspheme against God Himself. The more things get harsh, the more they repent, you know, their uh, opposition is, and the more aggressive they're going to be against God, against God's people. And we shouldn't forget, when the Antichrist is going to come, he's going to say, hey, I'm God. I'm in full control. And he's going to perform miracles to convince people that they, you know, he is God and they follow him. But when they see him being stricken with these things, and he's not able to protect his people like what Pharaoh if you look at the story of Pharaoh in, in Egypt, when Moses and, the, and Aaron were doing all these miracles, converting the water into blood and all that, his, uh, instead of realizing the power of God immediately, he followed his magicians and magicians did the same thing as Moses and Aaron. But even when they told him, look, this is the finger of God and what he's doing, we cannot do, we cannot replicate, this is God's power, we cannot challenge that. He did not listen. It's the same thing what's going to happen with the Antichrist. And the fifth angel poured out his vial on the, th- on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened, and they, gr- they nod their tongues from the pain. If he was a true God, he should have been able to protect himself and not allow this to happen to them. 
unfortunately this is not going to expose him and not everyone is going to you know repent and not everyone is going to leave him but people who love sin are still going to follow him regardless of what's going to happen and again they going they verse 11 tells us how bad it's going to get and they blasphemed the god of heaven because because of the pain and their sores and they did not repent of their deeds again this darkness can be what uh, natural disasters can be what smoking in in the world can be multiple things and the sixth angel poured out his vial on the great river euphrates and its waters was dried up so that the way of the kings from the rising of the sun might be prepared now as we're going to see in verse 16 we start alluding to uh, Armageddon right? and the great battle of Armageddon if we go back to the trumpets right? and the woes in the sixth trumpet uh, it talks to us about the great war that's going to happen and the army that's going to be, we said, 200 million people that's going to be in that army. Could that be the same battle? Could that sixth seal and this particular vial be related? Probably. The way of the kings from the rising of the sun might be prepared. This can be multiple things. Do you guys know the story of Korosh and how he invaded Babylon? During the time of Daniel, when uh, actually Isaiah prophesies about what's going to happen, almost like 60, 70 years before it actually happened. During the time of Daniel, the descendant of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he became, you know, drunk and so on, and used the the cups of the house of God to drink, you know, wine and so on. Uh, with a big party and he saw the handwriting on the wall you know which is Daniel interpreted that to him is that he was weighed and he was found you know light and so and his kingdom was going to end on that day what happened is that Babylon was surrounded as a great city huge walls and they said that the the walls of Babylon that can have like you know uh, chariots race together on the walls of Babylon. So it was huge walls, nobody can penetrate. They had huge amount of food, storage of food for 10-15 years inside the city. They had a river coming in to bring water. So whoever wants to surround them, let them surround them for, you know, 10-15 years, who cares? We have food and drink and, you know, we can live there, you know, comfortable life. So let them surround us. So what Korish did he sort of dried up the river of Babylon, uh, the river Euphrates going into Babylon. Or he diverted the direction of the water. So the water became low and he was able and you know, a few of his people to walk in and open the gates. At that time, everybody was getting drunk in the king's palace because, hey, who can invade us? And then they opened the doors and they went in and killed everybody on that day. Could the same thing happen again when here it says and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the rising of the sun might be prepared? Maybe. Uh, could it be that actually there's going to be a war, the, you know, Armageddon and people coming in, kings coming in from the east with their armies and, you know, that river or that source of, you know, wealth would be dried up? Maybe. And some people look at it as the Lord you know, Jesus is the King of Kings, and He is going to be coming up from the sun, from the right, from uh, rising up from the sun, from the east. I'm sorry, as the son of the world. So, could that be that when the wealth of the Antichrist or the source of blessings of the Antichrist dried up, and the Lord is, you know, preparing for the Lord second coming? Maybe multiple interpretation for this. And here we come into the area where it's going to be very vague. And we don't know what, what we're talking about. So, okay. And I saw 
three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Remember we said there is a dragon, that's the devil, the beast, that's the antichrist, and the false prophet is the one that's going to be maybe in a spiritual uh, position that promotes for the antichrist. Each one of them is going to be uh, spitting out uh, an unclean spirit like a frog. So these demons, they're going to say in verse 14, and they are spirits of demons working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of the day, the great day of God Almighty. So they're going to be promoting for war. Those three frogs are going to be promoting for war and bringing people. Could they be people, actual people? Maybe. Could they be organizations or, you know, committees or whatever? You never you know, maybe. Uh, ideas or philosophies or, bless, you know, blaspheming, you know, dogma? Maybe. We don't know. But they're going to be something at that time comes in from the devil, from the Antichrist and from this prophet ambassadors, foreign ministers, who knows, they're going to go around frogs, because the frogs like the, the darkness and the muddy places, you know, you don't see a frog, for example, in the middle of the ocean or in a nice, you know, sunny area, you don't see it in the dark, you know, always live in the dark, you know, muddy areas, they produce an annoying sound, so, so they're going to be saying annoying things, and you know, unclean animals, basically and unclean ideas. And they're going to be, you know, maybe, they're going to be sort of ambassadors, you know, foreign ministers, getting people to prepare for war against the, you know, some other group of, of kings as well. Those who are for the Antichrist and those who are against the Antichrist. Especially when they see all these plagues happening against the Antichrist and his kingdom, they're going to start realizing, look, you're not the mighty powerful that you said you are, you're probably fake, so we're going to come and get you. Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is the one who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and sees his shame. Wait a minute. Why is God saying that in the middle of talking about the Armageddon and the war and the preparation and the vials and, and all that comes here and interjects, interjects this verse that seems to be out of place. Because you and I can focus all our attention on what is going to happen in Armageddon and making up these stories and try to understand how it's going to happen and how it's going to come up together and forget all about our own personal ending that is going to happen as a thief. You go back and remember with Noah, what happened with Noah. He's been telling people it's going to rain for a hundred years. There's going to be a flood for a hundred years. Had been saying the same thing. Did anybody believe him? Did it happen as a surprise for these people who died during the Noah's flood? Of course it did. How come it happened as a surprise while they've been warned about it for a hundred years? That's what the Lord means. If we don't pay attention, these events are going to happen to us as a surprise. It's going to be enjoying sin, having fun, forget about all these warnings, forget about all these things, all these disasters, who cares? Okay. So that's what the Lord, you know, the Lord is trying to tell us here. Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is the one who watches and keeps his garments, lest they walk naked. What are the garments? When do we receive these garments? In baptism and Mayroon. Now, what is our job? God has given us salvation for free. Are we done? Should we stay home? You know, watch TV and eat pizza? <laughs> it would be nice, Mishkera. <laughs> no. Blessed is the one who watches and keeps his garments. This is our job. Yes, Christ has paid the price. He has died for us only by Himself on the cross and paid for the price of the whole, for you know, salvation for the whole world. But you and I have a job to do. If we don't do it, we do not deserve to go to heaven. 
Does that mean our job surpasses God's, you know, salvation and God's mercy? God forbids. But if we don't watch, if we don't keep our garments, are we going to heaven? No, we're going to be walking naked. So we can't say that God grace, grace and only God's grace and we're not going to do anything, everything we do is, is there because God is telling us, watch for your garments, lest you know you, you walk naked and they see your, sh- you know, uh, your shame. So we have work to do and we have responsibility ourselves to work with God's grace and God's great gift for us. And he gathered them into a place called, in Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So Armageddon, this is the most famous name today on TV. In, uh, a lot of the apocryphic books and you know people writing stories, left behind, all these things. So what is Armageddon? Uh, it's originally from... Megiddo, uh, a place where there were a lot of wars, Megiddo, there were a lot of wars, almost like 200 wars that took place in that place. Uh, some translate that as the you know, place of thieves or the mountain of thieves. Arm, you know, Arma is something huge uh, and big, it's like a mountain. Uh, so it's a place or a mountain where there was a lot of battles and a lot of wars. Some people think that this is actually is going to ha- you know be in Palestine. Maybe, maybe not, because the original uh, Megiddo is in Palestine, but maybe there, maybe not. Maybe in somewhere where there are going to be a lot of battles taking place, and that's going to be this great battle is going to be there. Again, if we go back to uh, the sixth trumpet, we're going to see that this war is going to have 200 million people. It's going to be a huge war, and that's going to be the end of the world. That's going to be most likely the defeat of the Antichrist, and it's going to be the end of the world. And this is what the next vial represents. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and a great voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying it's done tell us this is the end might be a few more days left or whatever or a week or ten days but this is it this is the end so we see that the end repeats closes starts again describing another you know like focus zoom in at you know last few days or last few hours last few months or some events ends and then goes and focus again and so on because it's going to be important to understand you know chapters 19 and 20 and so on and voices and thunders and lightnings occurred and there was a great earthquake such as has not been seen since men were on earth so mighty and so great an earthquake the great city came to be into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And the great Babylon was remembered before God to give to her the cup of the wine of the anger of his wrath. And every island fled away, and mountains were not found. But a great hail as the size of a talent came down out of the heaven you know, on men. Again, and men blasphemed God because of the plague and of the hail. For the plague, it was exceedingly great. They don't want to learn. We're stubborn. We don't want to learn. Okay. So two of the main characteristics of that we know about the end of the world. There's going to be a major battle, symbolically, in a place called Armageddon. And it's going to be, far, you know, maybe end or followed by a huge earthquake is going to split the city into three parts. Which city? The city where the Antichrist is going to be reigning. Whether it's going to be Jerusalem, or it's going to be New York, or it's going to be Sydney, or you know Paris, or whatever, we don't know. But that's where the battle is going to happen, that's where the earthquake is going to happen and split the city, and then it's going to be the end of the world. Okay. 
Any questions on this uh, chapter? Well, even if you ask, I'm not going to be able to answer anyway. <laughs> Let's see what Abu Tadros wrote in his uh, book. Sorry to do that to you, to your eyes. Um, about the another way to look at these vials. Again, we said that these can happen literally as they are at the end of the world. These can describe what's going to happen, what happened over a period of time. God's, you know, dealing with you know people. Try to look at it, you know, spiritually, but also symbolically. The first vial which was on the earth. Here they said that the earth can represent the Jews because they were settled in the knowledge of God. So the first people were affected were the Jews when God, Christ, came to them and they rejected him and they were punished and we know what happened to them that spread, spread throughout the whole world. Multiple punishment happened to them throughout history. They're from the Romans, not, you know, Germans, whatever. The second one, the sea, is the Gentiles. And they were, you know, they do not know God and they refuse to know God and they continued in their pagan life and so they were punished. The third type, the third vibe is against the rivers, which is the heretics that turned the waters into blood so they, you know, and killed a lot of people spiritually so they get their rewards accordingly. The fourth one, the sun that's for the Christians, the wicked Christians, because they were supposed to be the son of the world, but when they did not become the light of the world, they got punished themselves. The fifth one is the anti- Antichrist. The sixth one is his, you know, the followers of Antichrist. As you said, the river Euphrates, always the river represents the source of wealth and source of, you know, life for a place. Euphrates is the source of life for Babylon, the kingdom of the Antichrist that opposes God. Uh, And then the last one is the air, uh, because that's where the devil rules and that's what's going to destroy everything. So that's another way to look at the plagues. Earth, sea, river, sun, Antichrist river, the source of, you know, wealth and strength of the Antichrist, and then the air where the devil rules. And that closes chapter 16. Okay. Want to stop here, or let's go chapter 17? Okay, then we'll That's fine. Glory be to God.